guys, welcome to another episode on The Gist with Naya. I am your host, Naya, and I hope you guys are doing amazing. I mean, it's a lovely weekend, so I hope everybody is taking out time to rest, spend time with family, and well, if you're still doing your business, I hope you're keeping safe because COVID is still out there, so I hope you guys are doing amazing. Okay, guys, so... You know, we've been talking about the issue of rape, 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 rape. I mean, that has been the trending thing. Even on the radio and TV right now, it's like trending. So I'm going to say kudos to everyone who lended their voices, who used their platforms because it was worth it. So let's keep doing more awareness. Now, on the Gist with Naya, we talked about the legal aspect of rape. And we also spoke about the moral side of rape. So today we're going to be talking about the medical aspect of rape, how to deal with this issue of rape in a medical way. All right, so, and I have a guest with me, and she is Dr. Mrs. Comfort Odede. She obtained her bachelor's degree in medicine and surgery from the University of Joss in 2016, after which she proceeded from her one-year internship at um, Obafemi Awolowo University Teaching Hospital Complex. Her NYSC was also at the same institution. Now, she has undergone training programs organized by WHO, Harvard School of Public Health, and London School of Public Health, and Tropical Medicine, focused on you know, various aspects of public health and health, policy. Now, she has worked with WHO, Academy for Health Development, and UNICEF on various research projects bordering on community health in Nigeria. She is a fully licensed member of the Medical and Dental Council of Nigeria, who is passionate about healthcare and empowerment of the girl child. So, without wasting much of your time, I'm just going to introduce Dr. Mrs. Comfort Adedi. Good afternoon, ma'am. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're very welcome, Matt. That that is like a lot. Like your CV is just like amazing. Like, can we talk about it for a few minutes? Like, this is a very, very amazing accomplishment. I mean, as I was reading it, I'm like, whoa, like this is big. So how has the journey been? Like, what was the drive in the first place to do this? Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, well, I, I, the journey has been exciting. That's the word. You know, it's exciting when you do something that you're really excited about. Yeah, very true. You're really excited about. When you have um, a drive for something, you, you, you just go after it. And then when you have a drive to see things, you know, change, you, you, to affect life, Yes. Like, you know, to touch lies and then you, you, you do all it takes really and that's what drives me to go for knowledge, you know, get mm. involved basically, go for knowledge, get involved in everything that has, that has got to do with, you know, public health. And now we're talking about the girl child now, you yeah. know, going after what is actually bordering on the health, you know, of this set of people and how it affects our society. That's within my drive, you know, just let me say the general well being of wow. people. Yeah. That that's really amazing. Like is that what you always wanted to do from the start or you just found yourself doing it and maybe somehow you just enjoyed it? <laughs> okay. Well, most people, you know, when when you come into medical school, most yeah. people are medical school quite naive about um, you know, what it actually entails, you okay. know. You know, so so that that's the place where guidance and counselling comes in. Mm. Uh, but thank God for people that have gone ahead of us, our seniors. You know, in mm-hmm. the in the 
professional. You know, when you go for conferences, academic summits, you know, you get to understand things better. Okay, so this is how this thing works. After finishing my first degree, I need to specialize in something. And then as you go through your rotations in school, you're, you're beginning to pick interest. I think yeah. I like this. Okay, I don't like this. I like that. You know, and then public health is about preventive medicine. So when I got to public health, I discovered that this is actually what I want to do. I want to be at that place where, you know, I'm, I'm able to, you know, by my contribution, influence the health decisions of people positively. Mm. So I won't have so many people coming into the hospital, you know, with these, you know, cases, coming down with cases of illnesses and all that. So yeah. we deal with things from the grassroots, even before these issues come up. Wow, wow. That's, that's really, really amazing. I feel, you know, sometimes I feel like being in the medical line takes a lot of heart. Like you have to have a big heart to do the job. It's really amazing. And I must say kudos to everyone and including yourself. It's really amazing. Thank you for all you do for us. Thank you. Thank you also for um, hearing us and, you know, cooperating with us and yeah. then consenting to the things that we, we, we bring up from time to time. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Okay, so without wasting much of um, the time, so we're, we're talking about medical response to rape. Now we're talking about the medical side of, you know, handling issues of rape. So I want to ask, is, is there a first aid treatment that could be given to a rape victim? You know, because when there are casualties, they always say, oh, there should be a first aid treatment before the person gets to the hospital. So is there a first aid treatment that is given to a rape victim? All right. You know, I would like to approach that um, question from this perspective. What is first aid, really? You know, first aid is like immediate assistance, you know, that you offer to a person in order to preserve their lives or prevent a condition from worsening or promote recovery. So for... Rape victims, you know, it depends on the circumstances surrounding the incident. Okay. Alright, for some people, it's it just let me let me let me use the word straightforward. You know, they just okay, it's, it's just the rape incident that will cause no issue of um, violence about as, as in on other parts of the body, yeah. apart from the you know the sexual aspect. Okay. You understand what I mean? So. For some cases, it may be it may be cases of arm robbery. The person is beating up, you know, bleeding from one place or the other. So it actually depends on how you know the, the patient presents the circumstances surrounding it. Okay. But for the general, you know, cases of rape, I, I believe that because most of them, you know, are, 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 the people involved are actually people that are very close to them. Okay. I would say, you know, in that sense, let me use the word first aid, you know, treatment will be basically, you know, emotional support. And what we're doing here is so that you can promote their recovery. Hmm. Because the time that this thing, you know, happens, you know, a lot is going on through the mind of, of this of this girl or boy, yeah. you know. So, you know, they're trying to actually even accept what has just happened as yeah. reality. Okay, this just happened. So basically, it's emotional support so that if it can start early, you know, they're able to come out of it faster. Okay. You know, so that's what the first aid will be. You know, but for other people that are injured badly, probably bleeding. Yeah. Probably have lost consciousness. And, exactly. Um, exactly. It's going to be important if there's any bleeding, we want to stop the bleeding first. Okay. Okay, so can you just, you know, tell us a little about how to stop this bleeding 
in a way especially when people are you know when there's like the use of violence and person is bleeding or maybe the person is weak and can't even move like what are the things to do like the first aid now how are they to go about it okay well, the, the, the general um, thing is whatever is life-threatening to the patient is what we handle first now if this patient is bleeding you understand that yeah. lose a lot of blood and 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 um, can 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 pass away from there. Yeah. You know. So again, you know, you need to be sure that okay, this person is actually breathing the airway, everything. Okay, if the patient is unconscious, for instance, yeah. you know, to be sure that okay, something was not actually stuck in the person's airway that to prevent the person from from breathing, so that it, maybe the assailant wanted to just have his way and then. Put something in the in the airway to prevent it from bleeding. You want to see is there anything blocking the nose, the mm-hmm. mouth? Patient, you know, able to you know take in air and bring out you know taking oxygen and bring out carbon dioxide in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then if you have gone through that and you are sure that that is fine, is this person breathing? If this person is breathing normally, okay, probably just weak, okay, then we are fine. The next thing you go is the patient bleeding. Hmm. Patient is bleeding. We have to basically what I would say to everyone out there, the, the person outside who is not a medical, you know, person. Yeah. We blood. Try to stop it. And how we stop it is just apply pressure. Okay. Apply pressure wherever the bleeding is coming from. You can tie something around that place. You know, mm-hmm. just ensure that you occlude whatever blood vessel is bleeding. Okay. Stop the bleeding. Then, if there's a drug that's been given, sometimes in those rape cases, the person may have been drugged. Yeah. So the drug that's been given, of course, that's beyond, you know, the 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 expertise of the general populace. So yes. That's why it's important to get such people to the hospital as soon as possible. There are different antidotes that can be given to the to the patient. Well, okay. with the recovery of the patient. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ma, for that. Okay, so the, the next question I want to ask is, is there a particular hospital that deals with rape cases? Like, is there, a spe- is there like a special hospital? Like, is there a specialist hospital or general hospital, private? Is there a particular one or it can be any hospital at all to handle the cases of rape? Okay. All right. Thank you for that question. You know, um, here in Nigeria, yes, ma'am. Um, I've not found a particular hospital in that sense that say, okay, this hospital is dedicated for, you know, rape cases alone. Okay. So but but there are different centers, sexual assault centers. You okay. know, that most of them are non governmental organizations. Okay. They are not owned by the government. Okay. So they are they are institutions, let, let me call them that, you know, that help the victims. So these institutions, you know, help in terms of Providing, you know, medical support, legal support, okay. you know, and then psychological support too, because they have counselors, you know, okay. that help victims. You understand? Okay. Also, I wouldn't say there's a particular hospital. However, if anybody is involved in such, I would advise that the person goes to the nearest secondary or tertiary healthcare center. Okay. Okay. You know, so if the person goes to the nearest tertiary or, or secondary or tertiary healthcare center, if, if the case cannot be handled, depending on the severity at, at the secondary center, it can be referred to the tertiary center. The reason is this, you know, the, the legal aspect is so big that 
you know, people may want to sue the assailant, you know, and all that. So you need to be sure that you are going to a place where you will get the right treatment. Okay. You know, and then where evidences can be preserved and not lost. Okay. Okay. You, you understand what I you understand what I mean. Now mm-hmm. in advanced lines, you know, there are there are local rape centers and then there are, you know, numbers to call, you dial nine one one and all that. But in Nigeria, you know, we don't have nine one one to dial. Yeah. In sense, okay. So however, anybody who is involved in this kind of, you know, circumstance, you know, can be taken to the accident and emergency of probably secondary or tertiary healthcare center and the doctor should meet there should be able to take it up from there. Okay. All right. So, what is the what is the response what is the response level like? Is it attended to with urgency, or are there procedures to attending to rape cases? Okay. So I was saying that the response level okay depends on how the patient presents, and okay. then it is that the patient meets on ground in the accident and emergency where he or she meets. We are in Nigeria. You understand that sometimes. Yes can be limited at the accident and emergency, you know, of, yeah. of different hospitals. So it depends on the emergency cases that the available hands are handling at that time. But because we know that this case is a sensitive case, rape cases are sensitive, and the patient needs a lot of emotional support. So we, we are empathic with the patient and we see them at the shortest possible time. Okay. Okay. All right. That's that's really impressive. Okay. So now I want to ask about the rape victim now. What exactly happens to the body of a rape victim? Because, you know, it, it's it's a forceful act. And so as a, with your experience as a doctor, are there indelible scars, like maybe internal um, scars or injuries, or maybe something physical around the genital area? Like, are there scars that remain with these victims or it's something that will just heal with time you know okay okay well um for what happens to the body of the rape victim again it depends okay medicine is not just straightforward or you know absolute in that sense it depends on the particular incident and what happens what surrounds the incident okay like i said if the person was shot, for instance. Yeah. You have a gunshot injury. You know, there's a, there, there, there will definitely be an entry point and an exit point. Yeah. You know, if the person was hit on the abdomen, there may be injuries in the abdomen that one cannot say unless you, you know, the doctor examines. Okay. You know, and then checks. Now, going to the, you know, the female external genitalia, I said, okay, we're not talking about female alone because rape can be either to the. Yeah. Know, yeah. Okay, but, but I think that the, the consequence, you know, and the those things that happen to the body are more, in that sense, on the female. So yeah. I'll just mix the female aspect. Okay. All right, for the imagine of the of the of the female, a lot can happen because rape is a forceful act, like you said. You know, it could be minor. There could be minor injuries, and there could be major injuries. Minor injuries like bruising, you know. Yeah. Or just abrasion, you know, abrasion meaning, you know, the surface layers are taken out. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use medical terms. <laughs> okay. So bruising can occur, you know, um, and that's abrasion. So bruising meaning, you know, there's collection of blood underneath those epithelial layers, the skin, or it could okay. be the skin around that area. So there could be bruising. So depending on, you know, if it's a child, for instance, yeah. this child is a virgin, 
you know, a, a small child. There are adults also who are virgins. Yeah. If the person was a virgin, you know, you will also see that there could be tears in the hymen. Okay. Okay. And that cannot be, that, that is literally irreversible. You understand? Yeah. You, you know, so, so there could be, there could be tears. Now, not just in the abdomen, there could be tears the vagina itself too. Okay. Lacerations in different places. And it depends again, you know, on the route that the person takes. Because the, the person could take the oral route, the mm-hmm. anal route, if it's a guy, you know, if, yeah. if it's a boy that's involved. So if it's a boy, you know, th- th- there could be some tears too. Because, you know, the route, the anal route is not, that's not the natural path. And then this person is doing it forcefully. So in yeah. the process of forcing, there could be tears, you know, in the anal ring. Okay. Inside the anus, in the rectum too. And these tears, you know, because the body is, you know, formed in such a way that there can be interconnections. Yeah. Like in the female, for instance, directly in front of the rectum, you know, is the vagina. So you could have the fistula and opening, connecting the rectum and the vagina. Hmm. That's major, you understand, for a woman that, you know, she can have feces coming out through the vagina because these two places are now connected. Hmm. Wow. So wow. there are other kinds of, you know, fistulae that can occur. The bladder is just, let me say, the bladder is also there. Let me use the word in front, mm-hmm. above and front, you know, of the vagina. Okay. So there could also be a link in between. That's where you hear, that's where you hear of the vagina fistula. And then you see that this woman is just making urine, licking yeah. urine. Yeah, yeah. So it happens, especially in children, because their, their reproductive system is not well developed, and then this person is going in forcefully, you know, mm-hmm. so stuff that occur, you, you understand? Yeah. Talk about the reproductive health. So a lot can happen. They could, so I just talked about the trauma now. Yeah. All right? But yeah. the pregnancy resulting. Yes. From Very the, true. You know, sexual dysfunctions can occur. You know, I, I talked about the fistula too. How about sexually transmitted infections like hepatitis, HIV, syphilis, gonorrhea? Mm. And then if this person is on uh, is on learned and is on the street and just wants to keep it to himself, the way many people do, which, yeah. is, which we should discourage actually, you know. So they can go and say, what, what, go to the pharmacy, what can I do to just terminate the pregnancy when they find out that they are pregnant? So they end up with unwanted pregnancy. Hmm. And there's something called unsafe abortion. You know, unsafe yeah. abortion has a, a, a lot of consequences. You understand? Mm-hmm. This abortion is, is done by a quack, or the, the, the patient takes a job and is not working the way it should work. You know, there can be bleeding. Yeah. If mm-hmm. it goes and does it by a quack, in the process, the person can perforate the uterus, and, or and even go into the abdomen and perforate. So a lot can happen just because somebody was raised. So it mm-hmm. depends on how it is handled and then the circumstance that is surrounding it. All right. So the mental mm-hmm. health. Yeah. What can happen to this to this person? The person can, can, the person can become depressed. Very true. You know, he just loses interest in everything. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Energy is low. You know. Yeah. He doesn't want to eat. Hmm. It's just full of you know negative thoughts, anxiety. You know, person may be unable to sleep. Mm. Person may just have somatic complaints. You know, you are feeling something is working on your body. Somebody is you know, and yeah. all that. Because of the trauma of the the experience, Mm -hmm. there's something we call in medicine post traumatic stress disorders that occur in these patients. Also, these patients can also have suicidal tendencies. 
Very true. Okay. Behaviorally, you know, some people have met patients that said, ah, since I was raped once, what's the point of keeping this thing? Anybody that just comes, I just go, you know? Wow. And, yes, it happens. Yeah. You know, and then, so behaviorally, so this person can come down with high risk behaviors, you know, just finding somebody to just, you know, go lay with. Yeah. And that's sell their bodies out because they just feel there's nothing else to conceal. Mm. You understand? Yeah. And then even in even um, they can have multiple sexual partners become, you know, drug addicts, yeah. abuse drugs. A lot can happen. Very true. That's very, very true. People people are really going through a lot, but I feel like we're not doing enough by you know, if you stay silent, you're not helping yourself. So it's better mm. that you say something when it happens. So you can get the right help, which is which is very true. All you said is really correct. Okay, so now I know there's something called a rape test kit, but what exactly is it for? Okay, well, the rape test kit is um, actually a collection of items and documents okay. that helps you know the examiner to take down evidences. Okay. Forensic evidences to collect forensic evidences. That's just the basic use of those. So it's a collection of documents and um, instruments, you know, okay. also, you know, things like that. That the, that the examiner needs to take, collect forensic evidences from the patient. Okay. Okay. So how exactly is the test carried out? Is it is it like is it like a machine or is it like the normal malaria blood test where they take blood samples or something? How exactly is it carried out? Okay. Okay. First of all, I want to establish that you know the, this rape test kit is actually used if this patient wants to pursue you know a, a legal course. Okay. Because a lot of people around us, they are so, it's because of the stigma attached to rape. Yeah. You know? They don't want to, they don't want to voice out. They don't mm -hmm. want to say, no, 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 just treat and then we go. You know, okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. In your interaction, in your interaction with the patient, you are able to, you know, the patient wants to pursue, uh, you know, a legal action yeah. against the assailant. Okay, so you need this test kit to collect the samples. Now, there's a lot that is in that test kit, and the people who are supposed to collect that, it, it's actually something that, you know, we've got to be trained for. Okay. You know, in advanced times, you know, they have teams, special teams in the hospital that uses this kit, you know, to take down samples. Okay. Now, the samples are varied, all right? So, okay. abroad, we have um, the special assault not examiner. Okay. That take samples, okay. So, but it's important, you know, to 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 tell, you know, whoever is involved in in I mean, a victim of rape that they must not have a bath. Okay. And they must not douche before coming to the hospital. Okay. If you do that, you're going to destroy every possible evidence, and then the doctor may not be able to find much. Even if you collect those samples, by the time they they are taken to the lab for testing, they may not be able to find any evidence. Okay. Of of um, of value to the criminal investigation. Okay. Right. It's also important not to change your clothing. Okay. I, I'm talking as though I'm I'm talking out to someone who is involved yeah. in this. It's so unfortunate, but it's just you know. But 
what can we do? Because if we don't, if we don't, you know, put the people who are the assailants behind bars, yeah. people will not learn, you know, and take a cue from it. Yeah, very it's true. That they can do things and go away with it. Yeah. So I want to encourage everyone, you know, to pick up this. So that's why we are important, you know, not to have your bag, not to do, not to change your clothes. Okay. Don't wash, don't shower, don't brush your teeth, don't clip your nails, you know, just the way you oh, are when yeah, that's that's the best way to present to the hospital so that you don't destroy evidence. Okay. So what the doctor does is I collect specimens from the individual okay. and he places them in different bottles, packages, he labels them, he dates them and he seals them for delivery to the law enforcement. Okay. And the law enforcement will collect it and sign the receipt. Alright. Okay. So there are different things that in the way takes kids. So there's a detailed instruction for the examiner. Okay. There are forms for documenting the procedure and the evidences are gathered. There are tubes and sample bottles for blood, okay. for urine, and other samples that will be collected. We also have paper bags for collecting the clothes and okay. other physical evidences. Okay, we have soap for biological evidence collection. Okay. So we have the large white sheet of paper on which this victim is going to stand to undress because in the process of undressing, you know, maybe hair, yeah. Yeah. So things can fall off. Okay. You know, that can lead us to who the assailant is, for instance. Okay. You know, because the person comes in contact with this other person and gets false. So yeah. the you know, can fall off, things like that. So the patient stands on this white, large paper and then undresses on it so that whatever other evidence is caught on that paper. Yeah. You understand? Okay. So we also have dental floors or wooden sticks. So that we can scrape the, you know, fingernails. Okay. Glass slides, also mm. sterile water, saline envelopes, boxes, labels. Mm. You know, are also present in that, um, in that um, test kit. Okay. And then we are required to now examine the patient. I don't know if you want me to go into the details of examining the patient and then everything that. No, I think I think I think the listeners should should pay for that if they want to listen to you say all these things. They should pay you to come and have a talk with them <laughs> because okay. of our time. Okay, so what you're trying to say is that it's not it's not really a machine, but there are other tools that are used to take these samples from the victim. Exactly. So blood sample, urine sample, hair scrape, hair falling off, you know, the nail scraping. Yeah. And there's a reason for everything. Okay. Every single one is important. Okay. However, it's important to note that this examination process takes a long period. It takes between two and a half hours to five hours, even for the experts. Wow. Because it's a detailed and thorough examination. You understand? So, yeah. And then, you know, when, you're, when we are doing this to the patient, you know, the patient may want to recall because you have to examine. It's a head-to-toe examination. Wow. And then taking evidence. So this person may, may, may want to, you know, recall the, the evidence of the, the, the incidents of the rape and they want to just lock, log off, like, no, 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 I'm not doing this again. Okay. It's important to be empathic and then provide all the emotional support that they need. So it's not like you're going to expose you like that and say, okay, just stay naked or something. No, yeah. no. We also are intelligent you know, emotionally, and we are going to be able to support you through the process. Wow. You know, it takes 
long. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so I just want I just want to get this uh, real fast. So, the samples taken is it supposed to identify who the rapist is? Like the way you have your DNA test, because all these things you've mentioned now, they are really intense. So, is it supposed to identify the rape who the rapist is, or is it just to identify that it is actually a rape case? Just okay. to aid investigation. Okay, I would say both, depending on what is taken. Now, using a rape test kit, sometimes you, there's something called colposcopy that can be done. Okay. okay. So colposcopy is, uh, let, me, let, me, let me use a, a local term. It's like photographing. Okay. Kids that photograph, you know, the injuries, especially inside, you know, the external genitalia and then the, uh, around the external genitalia, injuries that are not too visible to the naked eye. You know that okay. because we are investigating a crime, yeah. it's just necessary to prove that this is actually a rape. Look at, you know, when, when you're able to show evidence via pictures, yeah. you know, it adds more to the, you know, to the, let me say, to the crime detecting capacity or whatever documents, you know, you're you are preparing in yeah. that sense. Okay. They're able to take pictures of minor minor injuries that may not be so visible to the naked eye. Okay. And also to visualize the tears and all that. Yes, if there's a system now you want to repair it. So colposcopy helps the doctor. All right. Okay. So that is also important. So in those cases, it's able to, like for instance, in that case, it's able to identify that, yes, you know, this, this is actually forceful. Look okay. at the injuries you know, that are involved and all that. However, you know, all the hair, the nail scrapings and all, yeah. they're able to actually identify, you know. So what they do is that when you, when these samples are collected and given to the to the law enforcement agency, yeah. they take them to those forensic uh, laboratories where those samples are run, they are tested. Okay. So the DNA profiling is done okay. and then actually matched against previous ones that they have because they have banks of those DNA, you know, the okay. profiles of criminals in that sense, in, okay. in other countries, you understand? Okay. So we're, we're getting there in Nigeria. We're not there yet, so we're getting there. <laughs> okay. So by the time we're able to get the um, um, the DNA of the who the assailant is, we can actually, even now, you know, when you get materials that are not from the patient, yeah. these are strange materials, you are sure that, okay, if it's not from the person involved, then it has to be from the assailant. And yeah. then if there are suspects around, and this person is denying that, no, I'm not the one, what they do is actually take those samples, check the DNA, you know, um, sequencing, and then take the sample from the suspects and compare Okay. And then this matches, we now know that, okay, this guy is actually the one that did it. Okay, all right. Okay, so as, as it is now, these things, are they, are they available in Nigeria? Like, when you go to a particular, okay, when you go to maybe a specialist hospital or something, are these things readily available? If I say, oh, I want to push for this thing, I want to take legal actions, are these things available in Nigeria here? Are they readily yeah. available? I wouldn't say readily available. I mean, okay. the rape test kit itself. Okay. You understand? Like I said, there are special centers. I, I don't work with those special centers, so I don't know, you know what they have in their stock, if okay. they have you know, those special things. However, the contents of the rape test kit actually thinks that you know, we can improvise in that sense. Okay. For instance, you know, sheets to document. Okay. The hospital has chips already where they document things about the patient. They can document on those sheets. Okay. 
oh, oh, then you know um, bottles, sample bottles, and all that. As long as we have sample bottles, we use for fishing. As long as they are appropriately labelled. Okay. So I believe there are things that can be improvised. Okay. You know, that it will not be. You can gather the things together that in the right testing and use them. You know, not necessarily packaged because in other climates, packaged and it's actually quite some some money is expensive. Okay. So that's why sometimes some patients don't even have access to it, even in other places. Wow. Okay. All right. That's that's really, really insightful. But just before we wrap up, I'm going to ask this last question. So are there helplines in case of such occurrences? Are there helplines that we can call maybe when there is a case like this? Are there helplines to reach out to? Okay. About helplines, for people listening from outside the country, you know, from the United States, you can dial 911. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, but like I said, we have you know different you know rape centers, sexual assault you know response centers, sexual assault response teams you know that can help. You know, okay. while I was researching for this recording, you know, I just stumbled on on some of them. And okay. the viewers, the, the listeners, uh, the listeners can actually look it up. You know, online. I'll just mention like the, the, the very first one. Uh, you know that that came, that started in Nigeria was opened in July in 2013. Was the Mirabel Center. Okay. You know, all these, you know, centers started coming up and springing up because of the increase in the rate, you know, of sexual assault, mm-hmm. especially in Nigeria. Yeah. So this one was opened on July 1st, you know, 2013, and um, it's the project of Partnership for Justice where rape and sexual assault victims can access free forensic medical and counseling services. And this okay. is actually located in the um, Lagos State um, Teaching Hospital. Okay. okay. So they have that building inside the hospital there, and they, have, they collaborate definitely with the doctors you know, in that hospital to bring this kind of care to the patients. They have their numbers also you know, on, the way, on their website. Okay. I, 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 you can go and check it up. So I also came across the Lagos State Domestic Sexual and Violence Response Team. Okay. okay so, so different because there was a bill that was passed when and, and, and former President Goodluck Jonathan was was um, president. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, as regards this. so certain places where the rape cases were very you know high began to you know come up with um, a response. To that effect, so we have different um, sexual and, and um, I mean crisis center, rape centers across across the nation. Okay. So we have this for for Lagos State. Then there's there's one sexual assault referral center and rape crisis center. Okay. In Nigeria, there's the FCT sexual and gender based violence response team that's in in in, in the capital federal capital. Okay. Gigawa sexual assault referral center. So. A lot of them like that. There, there is in Kano, especially because you know this incident is actually more along those uh, the northern part of the yeah. country. Yeah. Yeah. So they have to respond. The government also has to respond with those um, measures. Then there's also the Women at Risk International Foundation. This is also in Lagos. Okay. So they they, they have websites. You can check their websites and, and get their numbers from there. Okay. All right. Okay. No problem. So like as we've had. 
this is really amazing i mean i've learned a lot it has been an amazing series trust me and i'm sure if we keep you know creating more awareness like this things will be better we'll be able to bring these evil people to book so um i really appreciate you ma for your time for your knowledge for insights it's it's really amazing so thank you so much ma for accepting this invitation to you know educate people out there i really do appreciate it thank you ma Thank you for having me. Yes, you're very I, I welcome. I'll say something before I go. Okay. Uh, and because it's very, very important, this part. It has to do with the patients themselves, the treatment that they have to get. Okay. So that we don't end up with, and, and it's also important for them so that they can make, you know, right decisions, informed decisions to actually present to the hospital when this happens and not keep it to themselves. Yeah, okay. We talked about the issue of unwanted pregnancy. Yeah. So it is important right, that you know they come to the hospital, they are tested if they are pregnant already. And of course, they can't be pregnant the day that they were raped. Yeah. So if some rape um, assailants, they, 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 they do this on pregnant women. You understand? So yeah. if the woman is pregnant, we don't want to give drugs that will bring out the baby. The baby. Test yeah. that the woman is pregnant or not first. Okay, if, if she's not pregnant, we want to give drugs that will prevent her from getting pregnant. Okay. Which is very important. Then secondly, about the sexually transmitted infection. Okay. It's important, you know, to, to do, to test at that time, you know, and then also give prophylaxis so that the patient does not come down with HIV. All right. In the future, especially if the person that the assailant is a high risk person, you know, that, you know, that, 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 that did it. So you want to, you want to, you want to take prophylaxis against HIV. Okay. Doctors know the, the drugs to give at that time, you know. Then, then another thing is hepatitis, against hepatitis. So this person has to get immunized. All right. Okay. Hepatitis. And then there's also room for, then they will also give um, drugs to prevent you know, things like gonorrhea, syphilis, and all. Okay, okay. Can happen, you know, mm -hmm. to the patient. So mm -hmm. these are very important, and we have to follow up. Follow the follow up is very key. Yeah. You know, many people come to the hospital once and don't go back. Yeah, very true. They don't twice and then they don't go back. But it is important to follow up, especially with these investigations, you know, such that. If anything is happening, we're able to nip it in the bud early enough and it doesn't cause further damage and then, you know, further depress the person and put the person off and then you understand. So it's okay. very Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Ma, once again. So for those listening out there, wherever you're listening from, you have heard it for yourself. Whenever there is an occurrence like this, please do not keep it to yourself. Please speak up and make sure that you do the right thing. If you cannot help yourself, find somebody who can help you carry it out. So I really do appreciate everyone who takes our time to listen to the Just With Naya podcast. For those who share, Thank you so much. I really do appreciate. Thank you once again, Ma, for your time. I really appreciate it. And so this is where I say bye-bye to everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.